Hey, everybody. Welcome to Live Talk Radio. I'm David Humphrey, and yes, we're back. I know a lot of people that we kind of took a break, and we really didn't take a break. Everybody had so many different projects they were working on since the last show that me and Karen did. Now, we also have planned in the next few days a show with me and Sean. Me and Karen's going to do another show, and then me, Sean, and Deborah are probably do a show Hopefully the first part of the week, if everything works out, um, you know, for people that don't know, we, we started a new group. It's a 5013C nonprofit Alabama Alliance, human trafficking and child safety. It's a project that I've been working on and trying to get put out for over a year now. And it just seems like the past month, it just all fell together to get it started. And tonight, we have a guest. We have Melanie Humphrey, the assistant director of Alabama Alliance. Melanie, are you there? I'm here. Hey. How are you? I'm good. What do you think about Alabama Alliance for Human Trafficking and Child Safety? Well, of course, I'm a big supporter of it. Um, I think that it's something that's needed in this area. Um, you know, I, I feel like we need non-governmental agencies that can also put boots on the ground and can try to help combat uh, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, the labor trafficking, because we see it too. It's not just somewhere else. It, it does happen here. Yeah, and a lot of people that you talk to that really don't know a lot about it, they always believe that it's happening overseas and what people don't realize is it's domestic now. You know, it's happening in our bigger cities, but it's also getting into our smaller cities, you know, our little country towns, because it's easy to hide. Right, especially when people aren't looking for it. Yeah, And, and you know, that's the problem that I think you, you've gotten to see a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about for years. The past couple of months, you've really got to see what I'm talking about because people are so blind and parents are so stressed out. They're not really paying attention to what's really going on. Well, I think I think most of us are trying to pay attention, but it's stressful, especially for those of us that work full time. Um, some of us work more than full time just to try to make ends meet. And so it's hard. Um, and then, of course, you have those parents that just really don't care. Um, or don't want to be bothered with it. So we have two different, you know, two different types, probably more than two different types of parents. So it's hard to, it's hard to parent the ones, parent your own children and parent the ones that don't have any. Does that make sense? It, it does. And it's something that I've talked to a lot of people this past month about how parents, you know, I'm not a professional on parenting. I've never claimed to be a professional in parenting because it's a hard job and there's no rule book for it. But when it comes down to human trafficking and the safety of children, I think I'm right there at the top. And, you know, I've put a lot of time and effort and passion into this because there's not a lot of people that's, that's out here that's doing anything about it. And you're right. The only way to stop this is putting boots on the ground, being a non-government agency that 
that's willing to work, that's willing to get out the neighborhoods, that's willing to talk to the different police departments and talk to the parents and help the parents because we've got to go back to like old school neighborhoods where it's taken a village to raise the kids and watch out for them, you know, because I don't see anybody else doing anything. Well, I think that there are definitely things that we don't see going on, um, things that are going on behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem like it's making a whole lot of uh, a big dent against it. Um, and going back, going back to when um, it took a village, and you know, basically the community raised the children. I mean, I, I remember those days. They were not that long ago, but it certainly is not that way now. And you can tell um, with the people that, well, just say, for instance, the schools and the COVID, um, a lot of parents had to make a decision on whether they would stop working or just leave their children at home or let somebody else, uh, like a YMCA, take care of, you know, basically letting them learn on their own. And back in the day, there would usually be somebody that didn't work with grandmothers, you know, an aunt or an uncle or somebody that didn't have a job that could stay home and just take care of the kids. Um, but we don't have that nowadays because the community is not what it used to be. And a lot of people you just frankly can't trust. Well, not, no, not only you can't trust people, hell, the economy's changed from what it was. I mean, you're talking about grandparents being at home when we were little being able to take care of us, come get us from school, take us to different sporting events. But the grandparents now are having to work in the public. Hell, there's some working full time. Oh yeah. The grandparents had to get back into the workforce to raise the kids' kids. And that's a big problem that I see a lot. Yeah, it happens. And then you talk about a lot of people behind the scenes. You know, I'm task forced out. You know, everything now is a new terminology of a task force. We got a task force for this, a task force for that. This task force is doing this one, but this don't want to do this one. This task force said they were going to do something, but that task force, I mean, come on. You can only task force it so many times to where it's all running together and it's not going anywhere. But you understand why there's so many task force out there, right? I mean, I'd understand it. Okay. That's right. I mean, I know the real reason, and and I know that some of it's political, some of it's about money, some of it's about attention, some of it's about, uh, I guess, state uh, protocol, uh, some of it's about making your community feel safe by using a big word. But when it comes down to it, and you start talking to parents. They have no clue what's really going on. And then they truly don't understand what's really going on with their kids because our technology has changed so much to where you have a computer in your hand with all the social media. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And you know, me and you, me and you have our daughter, and it's a problem with me with her social media. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a fan of it, but I do use it, and it's good if you're using it for the right reasons, but I also have seen a lot of bad with it. 
Well, and the thing about that is, is that you're not ever going to be able, it's not the same as it used to be when we were growing up. We were outside playing. Um, we were outside riding her bike. So she does those kind of things, but at the same time, it's, um, it's not even a half, it's, it's not even a half and half, a 50-50 uh, balance between being outside with their friends and, you know, being out in nature and being on that, her, her iPad. Uh, the iPad wins out, I would say, probably at least 75% of the time. And, you know, as a parent, you have to decide how much screen time you're willing. Um, but you also need to monitor what they're doing on uh, their electronics. I, I mean, yes, all parents, whether you I mean, every, every adult should monitor what the younger kids are doing. Uh, making sure that if they're playing games online, they know, you know, who they're chatting with. Because I've seen a lot of men that are in young kids' video games playing with them, chatting it up with them, thinking that they're talking to a 12-year-old little boy or 12-year-old little girl, and it's a 35 or 40-year-old man. So pay attention. But back, back to something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to ask your opinion on it. And actually, me and you, I don't even really think we talked about it, but I was told that that I shouldn't invent the wheel, that the wheel's already made, that I shouldn't really uh, reinvent it, I guess. And I'm like, when I heard that, I was so floored by it because the problem I got with a lot of these experts is the experts are just basically talking to more experts who are talking to people in this field, but they're not talking to the communities. They're not getting out with those boots on the ground, and they're not reaching our teachers and our communities, our community centers, and even our law enforcement agencies, the smaller ones that are in the state of Alabama. Now, help me out, Melanie. Am I just really way off with this? Um, no, I mean, I, yeah, and I heard the conversation about um, there's no reason. Basically, it, the way I understood the conversation, and I was there, it's not hearsay. I'm not just hearing, you know, your side of it or anybody else's side of it. Basically, the was that we should not form our own group because that would be we're trying to reinvent the wheel when the wheel is already formed and it's there and so we should just join their organization um and they are a uh they are a governmental agency um i don't know what kind of you know results they've had with what they're trying to do i can't say one way or the other um but it was very discouraging to a brand new group starting out for somebody to show up at our kickoff uh, seminar, our very first one that we've ever done. And it was Human Trafficking 101. And it was done in an effort to get information out to the people that don't know uh, what human trafficking looks like. And so, like I said, it was very discouraging. Personally, I didn't appreciate it. And I feel like that there are things that non-governmental groups can do that they can't do. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I prove that point every day, just about. There's more that I can do than uh, other people in the field that have all this power. They can't do what I can do. And, and there's no working environment together because what I got out of it is, is that a helicopter coming to get you, Melanie? Uh, possibly, because you know, I'm yeah, that, or, that, or it could be, could be the I'm government. Speaking out against people, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to watch it. You'll be like Sean. <laughs> um, you know, there's when you got people that are passionate, that are that are willing to do this stuff for free. They don't ask for nothing. That they put the boots on the ground. You would think those government agencies would want to use the people like us. And and work together and network ideas for a common good because it's always like I've been saying in politics, nothing's ever going to get fixed until everybody can sit down, talk about real issues, and get very uncomfortable. So, you know, that's something to think about. Uh, we have to network together because the only way this is going to work in this state and really all the other states is we we got to work together with everybody not only law enforcement but the the nonprofits any groups out there the educational system the actual state and city government the federal government because by doing that and educating more people in your state and city we can then move forward to really trying to stop it because I understand also that you're not going to be able to stop people from buying sex. It's been around it's been around forever. People are going to buy sex. The problem I got with it is the moral compass of it and you're dealing with children and that should be a priority to anybody's I guess m morals, you know? And trying to stop it because it's against the law. It's wrong. It, it destroys hundreds and thousands of kids here in the America every year. And then we're talking about over hundreds and thousands globally. And you're talking about a 200 billion plus because we're still going on old facts and we're still going on old numbers. This is going to be the number one illegal global business in the world, and it's tax-free. I mean, they're not paying taxes on it. This is illegal money. And then you got to put the labor trafficking in with it, too. Right. And the domestic servitude and, you know, the forced marriages. You know, it's a lot that goes on with human trafficking and even taking our survivors and getting them help. We've got to get our, our survivors the right help, the mental health, uh, just health, a medical, medical checkup, because these people have PTSD, they'll have mental issues, they'll have educational issues, they can have HIV or AIDS, they could have a lot of internal problems, and it's more to it than just saying human trafficking. Well, you, you hear a lot of people, well, I don't I'm not going to say a lot of people, but some organizations believe that if you target the demand for human trafficking, the demand for uh, labor, 
and services, the demand for commercial sex, that that is the only way to combat it. Now, I mean, it sounds good and it looks good on paper, but to me, where I'm at in my learning about um, the issue, and it is an epidemic, um, is that in order to get rid of the demand for it, you would basically just have to wipe the earth clean. Like, Jesus needs to come back tomorrow and just, we'll have to start all over. So, if we can't do that, if we can't just start all over, then we need to do what we can where we are. And you hear me say it all the time, start where you are and then move outwards. Because that's how you spread awareness. And the more people that know the signs and know what's going on and know how to get help, that's how you're going to be able to at least stop it where you are. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what else is, is weird? There's not a rule book yet for this. This, this, is, this has been around for 20 plus years, but yet this has gotten really popular the past really two years to where you're seeing it everywhere. You're now seeing it in, in some of the mainstream news because of the U.S. Marshals and those different uh, groups that are going around really, uh, you know, working a lot of these undercover uh, operations and also finding a lot of missing kids. But I also want to let people know, with all that being said, you got to remember that Epstein's still in the news. We're still talking about Epstein. We're still talking about the global elite that has been in pedophile rings and groups for a long time because it's all about politics. And you also have Epstein's girlfriend, Maxwell, that's still in a federal holding facility. And she is talking, and I've been saying this, because when she started talking, these U.S. Marshals and different groups all across America started making big arrests and these big operations of finding these kids. And it wasn't just because there was a bunch of groups out there that said, hey, uh, why don't, you know, let's work together. People are talking and it all boils back down to money. Because if you start following the money, you're going to uncover a lot of things. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, you know, let me ask okay. you something, Melanie. What, what, yeah, I mean, whether, what really got you to get in, in this group with us and, and go full throttle with Okay, so I was going to read what um, what our actual mission is, but I can't put my hands on it right this second. So let me tell you, I have three main reasons that I wanted to be a part of this. Um, the first okay. one is that uh, basically I want to learn everything I can about the ep epidemic of human trafficking. Um, it's modern day slavery and it's not okay. So the more you learn about it, the more you will be able to at least help in the epidemic. Correct. Okay. So and once I learn everything that I can, and I, I understand that it evolves, um, you know, it's never going to stay the same. You're going to have to keep learning. But um, 
after I'm learning, I want to educate others by spreading the awareness. And you're always going to hear me say that. I'm going to say it over and over until people get it. Um, we can keep pretending that it's not happening, but the truth is, it is. And it's happening around us. It's happening close to us. And so I want to help from where I am. First and foremost, I want my circle, my community, um, you know, even the people I work with, the people that I come into contact with, I want them to know what to look for and how to protect themselves. And how to and protect this, their I mean, kids. Yeah, their, their children, their families, you know, anybody that's near and dear to them. But with something that changes, and it seems like this can change every few months, tactics change, the way they operate change, the way, because they're getting smarter than law enforcement. I personally feel, and this is me talking, and then you can quote this too, because I, I, a lot of people, all these big time experts, uh, they can start quoting me on this. We are about 12 to 15 years behind in Alabama of what's truly going on. They're smarter than we are, and they're doing it where they can be in the public eye at all times. And with that being said, you got to remember, some of the bad guys are with the good guys. On top of that, because it all boils back down to money, because you got to follow the money. Now you've got the different cartels and, and organizations that are illegal in America on top of them having our street gangs get involved in human trafficking. Um, we have big problems and it's going on everywhere. And there is a few different ways we could stop this, but I just don't think that people are ready for it. I don't think they're really ready to get in the streets. They're really ready to rally the troops up. I think a lot of people believe in their smaller cities that this is just going to go away. And, and I'm afraid to tell everybody it's not because you're dealing with big time money. It's not like drugs at all. Now, where there's sex trafficking, yes, there's drugs. Where there's drugs or sex trafficking, you can put two and two together. But this rule book is changing probably twice a year. And the numbers are changing. And they're hard to keep up with right now because 2020 is such a screwed up year. I was hoping by the middle of 2021, we could really see some different numbers, but it may be another year before we can get a real accurate count of what's going on in America with it. And a lot of it is just guesstimation. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these numbers that are thrown up by these agencies are kind of guesstimations of what's going on because some local local law and state law is going to be different to what the federal government is quoting. You know my, my um, opinion on numbers, and I mean they can be numbers can be whatever you want them to be. So I don't put a lot of, and even when we do um, classes and seminars um, for the public, you'll see that I'm not going to put a lot of statistics in my um, my powerpoints and the information that we give out because. I don't believe in the numbers. Because um, I see it every day where I work. You can make numbers, you can make reports, say whatever you want them to say. But the point is that there is 
there is a problem and it's huge it's a huge problem um and as far as the rule book that doesn't exist changing frequently it's going to change always they'll always be smarter than us we'll always be behind the eight ball and trying to catch up with them but i just feel like as long as we try god is going to open the doors that need to be open just like with how our group fell together it was the easiest thing that i have ever had come together yeah and we got a great core of people that are passionate about what they're doing and all their jobs they're passionate about what they do and we're going to probably do a show next week just on alabama once and and we'll, we'll go over we that all have, but we all have servants parts and we all want to be a part of something that's bigger than just us. And so that's why I feel like it's really going to be blessed and we're going to be able to make a difference. And, and speaking of making a difference, you know, there's a lot of people that know me and a lot of people that don't know me. Um, I guess they're going to get familiar with me because I'm not going away. This group is not going away. Uh, we're going to continue to keep boots on the ground moving forward, but people don't realize for two years, all I do is read and study human trafficking every day for the past two years, and it don't stop. Um, I don't take days off to rest. I don't take days off to go on vacation. All I'm doing is reading every bit of information I possibly can and taking every class and course I can to keep to keep up with what's going on because this is changing so you have to constantly keep up with it and what's so sad about this is we're not a law enforcement group we're, we're not a law enforcement group to get out here and then go make arrest but yet you have these so-called experts out here that are not really, some of them are. There's a couple of groups in Alabama that are phenomenal. I mean, fantastic, the best groups I've ever seen. And that's outside looking in because with anything, you can have confrontation, you can have, you know, your brother, sister, you know, arguments and stuff. But outside looking in, they're phenomenal groups and they're actually making right, a difference. Right. But well, here's, yeah. here's the thing about that. With, and we've got, some very good consultants that have um, joined joined on with us. Um, and there again, that's with you know they have servants' hearts and they're in the fight to do the right thing. But when you think about um, when you think about why people do the things that they do, we're never going to understand why people do the things they do. And I know that you have. Um, you have some hard feelings because of book, the experts. Um, and so <laughs> I want to, the experts. Uh, I know, expert. uh, that's a word that you do not like. And for the record, you, you have never called yourself an expert. You don't claim to be. No, I had, you know what's so funny about that? Because the experts really kind of like a comical joke now. Um, I had somebody else call me it. So they thought they deemed right. me as such. But if you look at the real, the actual definition of it, 
anybody can be an expert of anything, oh, yeah, really. Well, yeah, anything. But my point is, is that you never, you never claim to be an expert. And so, so let me do this. Um, instead of talking about the experts, you tell me, is there anything that we've talked about tonight that what I want to know is why you chose to do this? What do you get out of it? What do I get out of it? I get out of being able to stand up for somebody else that won't stand up for themselves. To be their voice because they're not going to talk. And I, I'm wanting to do this because there's nobody else doing it. There's a handful of people doing it. Kind of, maybe. But nobody's really going to bat and getting in the, the trenches to help these people. And I mean parents. Help talk to these parents. Help talk to these law enforcement groups. You know, I brought this up, and this comes from the Guardian Institute that did a survey in 2017. Only 15% of law enforcement in the United States had any human trafficking training. But yet 85 to 95% of all the victims were female, girls and young adults and then only one percent was reported you know i know melanie you're not a big fan of numbers but i am and if you take those numbers from 2017 to where we're at now and even if you bump it up five hell even ten percent that's not enough training in america no, it's for definitely not. and it can be hidden so easy it, it's hidden so easy because of money more money than law enforcement has and 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 they they work 24 7. law enforcement works monday through friday well and, and i know that you don't i mean that's the problem that i have and wanting to do this is you know i'm all in i, I don't work monday through right. friday eight to five i work seven days a week and i don't stop and i'm not going to stop when you're dealing with kids you're dealing with kids that are super innocent, that people take their innocence away from them. Yeah. Because nobody wakes up one morning saying, hey, I want to be a prostitute. Nobody wakes up saying, man, I hope my mama don't sell me today for the rent. I hope I don't have to go prostitute for my mama can, can get some crack or some heroin or some crystal meth now. Nobody wakes up wanting to do that. And until people get angry and get mad and get out and start really changing things and, and, and want to be vocal. And then I had somebody say, well, you shouldn't be so, so like vocal and stuff about it. Well, yeah, I should because the people that are not vocal and are not getting out and are not really uh, putting ripples and things. Nothing's ever going well, to get done. it goes back to, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the juice or gets the oil or whatever it is. Yeah, because you're not going to make any difference if you just remain quiet. And like I said earlier, if you keep yep. on putting your head in the sand to pretend that it doesn't exist until that time when it does happen and it happens to you or someone you know or someone in your family, a friend, and then is not the time to get vocal about it. The time is now. And you know, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up tonight. 
One, I want to thank everybody that listens to Life Talk Radio. Push our podcast. Uh, we've got plenty of shows with, with different co-hosts and guests coming up in the next week. We're back to a, just a, a regular schedule now. So please push the show. We'll have Perrin back. Sean will be back. And also, uh, Sean and, and also Deborah will do a show, like I said, next week. Thank you for listening to our shows. And remember, we're super passionate about what we do. And if there's ever anything you need to talk about or need help with, please inbox us. Please send us messages. And as always, thank you for listening to the show. Good night. Good night.